I sound so cringe in this post, but it's like, whatever. Like it's, it, it's part of the process of, you know, refining your content, finding your own personal brand, the message that you want to tell. Welcome everybody to another episode on B1 Bites, where Business One takes a bite out of professional insight. My name is Jen. I am a new officer. This is probably the first time you've heard from me, but I'm so excited to be inviting on Nathan Lee. So Nathan is one of the co-founders of Stint, a community helping international students connect with job opportunities and employees to hire the best international talent. He's also the community and partnerships coordinator at Hex, which is a ed tech startup. The first question I want to ask you, because I know you graduated last year um, and before you graduated, you were involved in a lot of startup initiatives and you founded Stint while still being in uni. And so I guess my first question for you is how did you get involved in the startup community and what drew you to the startup world? Yeah, so for a big, bit of background, uh, my family has their own business back home in Darwin in the Northern Territory. So when I was growing up, I was always surrounded by business, you know, and I felt like for me that was, it was a natural progression for me to study a Bachelor of Commerce at the University of Melbourne. And what really intrigued me about startups was you hear a lot about it on the news about, you know, obviously startups, up and coming startups coming in and changing the world, innovating in industries that previously remain stagnant for you know tens hundreds of years so for me i found that that was really exciting and was something that i definitely wanted to pursue so i guess for me the active steps that i took was joining university clubs that aligned with that so i joined an actus melbourne um, a social entrepreneurship society here at the university of melbourne and then i also did um, an unpaid internship at a fintech startup based here based in docklands so for me that was my first taste and um, yeah, the first real opportunity I had to learn how a startup is ran, wh um, what, a, what a founder, what a CEO, what their role looks like. And it was really cool and really eye-opening. And I enjoyed the dynamism of the days where every single day looked different for me. And in startups, because the team is so lean, you get so much responsibility and ownership. And I felt really empowered by that, despite just being in the first year of my university, um, getting to work in some pretty cool projects. And from then on, um, I took part in more startup programs by organizations like Startmate, Blackbird, um, worked at a few different startups like you mentioned. And yeah, that sort of led me to my role at Hex and also co-founding Stint. And I've never looked back, you know, I had a, I had a little bit of a hiatus. I, I did intern at uh, places like Deloitte, BDO, uh, just to, you know, scratch the itch of the corporate world. But I, I definitely learned then that um, the corporate world was not for me and that startups was where I wanted to be. That's really awesome to hear, um, yeah, to hear that you kind of had this direction and then you just like tried out all these different things as well um, and just, I guess, a little bit, would you say a little bit obsessed with the startup world to some degree? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I definitely advocate it to everyone I speak to just because I don't feel like, you know, every day should look the same. I don't, I don't want to be like a small cog in a big machine. I feel like I really do want to make an impact on the world and I felt like, um, and startups in these type of organizations, they really do give you the agency to, to make the role your own and 
really grow as a person. That's really awesome to hear. Um, well, leading on to my next question then, why have you chosen to work at a startup whilst building your own business, which would be stint to listeners? Yeah, I think it's just recognising that I don't know everything and that I'm still very early on in my career and also in my entrepreneurial journey. So I think it'd be really naive if I was to just go full, full on into a startup and not really consider that there are still so many opportunities out there to learn, especially from people who are potentially further along in their entrepreneurial journey, as well as um, just consider, you know, more diverse perspectives and really understand what the founder journey looks like for a range of different people. So I'm really lucky in my role at Hex, I do community and partnerships. And basically in my role, I get to work with a lot of um, the students that go on our international and um, digital programs, as well as um, engage with alumni and um, partners as well, which range from educational institutions, pre-accelerated accelerator programs, and other startups in the ecosystem. So from there, I get to meet so many amazing people and get to learn about their stories and their journeys and uh, what, what's worked for them, what hasn't worked for them. And I get to apply a lot of those to my time, at, uh, my, my role at Stint. So I am really grateful to be put in a position where I get to learn and work under so many amazing people, especially like even just my co-founders at Hex, like they're all amazing and they all have so many years of experience. And every single time I speak to them or work with them, I learn something new that I'm able to then apply to Stint. So yeah, I'm really lucky. To, yeah, that both of your jobs and your roles are able to interconnect in some sense. What would you say is the biggest learning that you've applied, that you've gained from Hex that you've applied at Stint? Yeah, I think for Hex, it's all about really building a community. So they've been around since 2016, 2017. And what they do is they run two-week immersive programs in startup hotspots around the world, teaching students and idea stage founders how to build a startup in two weeks. So from that, I can really understand um, how they're able to engage alumni and how they're able to build a community. I think there's over 5,000 alumni that have gone through our programs to date. And so many of them are still in touch with Hex, still support Hex, even though they're working in different places across the world, or they founded their own business already. And I've learned so much in terms of making, you know, making a family or making a, a really tight knit community out, out of these sort of programs. And it's something that I really do want to replicate at Stint because primarily we are a community and that's first, that's the first thing that Stint started off as before we started branching off into, you know, a job board and a recruitment service, but we started off as a community. So really understanding what goes into building that and how to maintain that and maintain those relationships and connections that you've built across the span of a number of years is really important and something that I've learned. That's so cool. Um, I'm always seeing on LinkedIn like posts from <laughs> um, Stint and seeing like all the activities, events that you guys have going on. And like, I could definitely see the community that, that you guys are building over there, um, which is really like really awesome to see. And very different from, I guess, other like employment um, startups. Yeah, very, very different like approach, I guess. Um, well, because I know for a lot of startups or working in a startup, like the job itself can be quite demanding. Um, while sometimes the hours can be flexible, um, 
you kind of it's I guess hard to like switch off from one thing to another or from like your work life to your personal life because I guess the role is so dynamic in that sense how are you able to balance not only your work and personal life but working at two different I guess businesses I would say it's still a work in progress yeah I think flexibility within startups is a double-edged sword on one hand it's really amazing like I'm able to say duck out for a friend's graduation or if I have like an appointment with a doctor that's fine um, but also it does mean is I do make up the hours in other ways, whether it's like attending events after hours or running events after hours or, or you know, doing, doing a few things here and there. Uh, but that's okay. I think, um, you know, it, it's a give and take. So I am grateful to have that flexibility and I'm, it, it is okay for me to sort of manage that, manage my hours and, you know, make it up, you know, if, if need be. But I think, yeah, with managing, you know, working at a startup and trying to run my own, it is definitely challenging but for context hex is my full-time job so I, that's my typical you know nine to five and the stint is something that i work on after hours so um sometimes after work um you know on the weekends just any spare time i usually spend on stint just because uh i feel really unproductive now that i if now that i have my own startup i feel really unproductive if i spend my time like on tiktok or on youtube or on netflix or doing other things i'm like damn, I could really be investing into my startup, which has, you know, more long-term benefits than, you know, uh, scrolling on TikTok for an hour. So I've, that's like been my mindset for the past year or so since we founded Stint. And um, I, I definitely can say that I'm not the best when it comes to work-life balance. Um, I know a few of my friends will say this, but I'm always thinking and talking about work. And that's not necessarily a good thing. And that's something that I am trying to personally work on and get better at as well, because... I do think it's really important to have a good balance between work and personal, just because if your entire life is working and you know you don't do anything to fill your cup per se and you know hang with friends or spend time with your family or do things that energize, re-energize you or you know make make makes you happy, you know you're just going to end up burning out. So I, I I yeah I'm making a really conscious effort to try to maintain that balance uh, to the best of my ability. A lot of people can probably resonate with that, um, being able to switch off um, from different modes of thinking and being able to recharge as well. I guess, what's your favourite way to recharge outside of work? Yeah, so I think just because I am relatively busy, what I will normally do in my spare time is try to spend time with my friends. So I would consider myself a social spender. Whenever I have the opportunity to go out and hang out with my friends, even if it's like over lunch or dinner, I will always grab it. I will never say no. Just because I recognize that, you know, life can sometimes get busy and I don't know when the next time I'll be able to see my friends is. So I really want to make the most of my, my, my spare time and spend it with the people, you know, who really care for me, who I really enjoy spending time with. And yeah, for me, that really re-energizes me. That's so cool. Um, I guess this is a bit of a different question because I know that you are quite close to your co-founders. Um, like, what is that relationship working with them, like working with your friends, I guess? There's good and there's bad. Uh, how I met my co-founders, I met them through an Actus, um, so the Social Entrepreneurship University Club, and we became friends before we became co-founders. So what was good was that we had a pre-established working relationship. We had pre-established trust. 
Um, we got along well with each other so that, you know, I knew all those things. So when, when it came to co-founding a startup with them, I, I was relatively comfortable with that just because I already knew them really well. Um, but what I didn't realize was how much it would interfere with our friendship. Just because when it, the nature of a startup is you're always looking to improve. There's always room for improvement. So for me personally and my working style, I'm always thinking of more the things that we could be doing more of, things that we could be doing differently, things that we could you know, improve on. And because of that, you know, a lot of the time when I meet them, I'm thinking about work already because they're my co-founders. So when I see them, I'm like, okay, stint. And I will start talking about stint work and that's what's on my mind. But based on, you know, feedback from them, I, I need to tone that, tone that down a bit more and recognize that, yes, there's a time where they are my co-founders, but there's also a time where they're just my friends. And to really try and separate that as best as possible because once that gets blurred, then, you know, it can, it can potentially be detrimental to, to, the, to the friendship and also the, the working relationship as co-founders. No, that's really interesting to hear, um, I guess, because I know within the startup world or even when just investors look at founding teams, like there are certain qualities within a certain team and like how well, like the synergy, how well they work within each other um, and believing in the team that they can create the startup um, that they are aiming to is such an important factor. Um, so yeah, like hearing a response on like relationship dynamics in general within a founding team is really interesting to hear. Um, I guess moving on to the next question, a bit of an extension to the one that we just talked about. What would be the biggest challenge founding stint so far? I know this is a bit of a hard one because <laughs> there's probably daily challenges <laughs> within working within a startup. But if you had to date the biggest challenge that you have come across, what would that be? Yeah, I think similar to the other questions that, that you asked, it would definitely be balancing it as a side hustle. Just because I feel like when it's a side hustle, you always have that feeling that you could be doing more just because you're not working full time on it. And I think that is difficult to grasp sometimes because as a founder, you have these big dreams, you have these big visions and you have these really lofty goals that you set for yourselves. And just because you're not able to work on it full time, potentially achieving those goals is gonna take a longer period of time. So it kind of unsettles me from time to time where I'm like, I feel like we're not moving fast enough. I feel like we could be doing more, working harder because I have really high expectations of myself, but also for stints as well, because I know the impact it can have and I know what we can potentially grow it to. So trying to balance those expectations as something that I'm only doing on, on the side to my full-time job is definitely something that I have to do better. And, you know, things like, imposter syndrome creep in where it's like okay like why why are we even the right team to be doing this we can't even commit to building it full-time there are probably other founders or other organizations out there who are working on this problem full-time who can commit more hours and more money and more resources to solving this problem so maybe we should just give up and those are some th sometimes thoughts that go through my head but i do have to ground myself and realize that everyone goes through a different entrepreneurial founder journey and that the problem that we're solving in regards to supporting international students building careers here in Australia is such a big one. I think the statistic is there's over 500,000 international students currently studying in Australia. Pre-COVID, that was over 800,000. 
So we're dealing with a, a high volume of international students here and systematic problems when it comes to the job market that they're trying to get into. So it is such a big problem and not w one company can't solve it themselves. So we have to realize that we're just, we're gonna be able to play a part in solving this problem. Maybe it may, maybe it may not be as big as some other organizations, but we can definitely, we, we definitely still have a part to play. Awesome, that's a really great mindset to apply. Um, Cause I can't even imagine what it's like to be able to balance, like have these fears and be able to actually ground and settle yourself while still work, being able to work on it and then also work on your full-time job at Hex. Um, yeah, that's really incredible to hear. And I guess on the topic of imposter syndrome, um, I want to kind of move along to a little bit more about personal branding. Um, to be honest, I've been I've been following you quite a for quite a while on LinkedIn. Um, I absolutely love how candid you are on your post, how you kind of just like you talk about your challenges, the things that you've learned, um, and I feel like it's very inspiring to kind of see and be able to follow your journey alongside you. I guess for yourself, how did you get started on LinkedIn? Um, and did you experience imposter syndrome there? For LinkedIn, I think it was something that naturally as a Bachelor of Commerce student, you end up downloading and you end <laughs> up trying to connect with people while, when you first start at university. For, so for me, there was, no, there was nothing special when it came to get first getting on LinkedIn. And I think I only started really taking it seriously once I started looking for jobs. Because what I found was that before I got into an interview, I would be able to see that the person that was interviewing me was viewing my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> so I was like, okay, there's a pattern here. These hiring managers or interviewers are starting to look more at your LinkedIn profile rather than your resume. And I, I believe that's the case just because LinkedIn, you can tell much more of a story. For your resume, you're limited to one page mostly, and it's black and white text. But with LinkedIn, you have a profile picture, you have a header image, you have a headline, you have an about section, you have all your experiences, which can, you can add links, photos, videos, etc. So it can show a lot more about someone's personality rather than a resume. So if, when I recognized that, I was like, okay, I need to start building up my LinkedIn profile and as part of that is also building up my connections and my personal brand. So what I started to recognize was I was doing a fair bit at the time at university. You know, I was part of multiple university clubs. So for me, I was like, okay, what if I just started documenting the sort of things that I got up to or the sort of events that we're running or the sort of challenges that I'm facing? And that's the notion, I guess, of building in public. So trying to Remember that even though I'm doing good work, if people can't see it or if I'm not putting it out there for the public to see, then they're not going to be able to know that I'm doing all this good work. So it's just really getting over that mental block of, oh, this is so cringe. I sound, I sound so cringe in this post, but it's like, whatever. Like it's, it, it's part of the process of you know, refining your content, finding your own persona or personal brand, the message that you wanna tell. But it's just recognizing that people on the outside don't necessarily view your content as cringe. Maybe you do, maybe you cringe internally while you're typing it, but other people, maybe like you, you you're like, okay, <laughs> this content's cool. But for me, I'm like, this is, 
I, I feel so embarrassed posting this, but I think it's just like a mental block you have to overcome. And yes, of course, you have imposter syndrome on LinkedIn. It is one of the most difficult platforms to consistently be on just because the nature of LinkedIn is a lot of people on there only share their wins or only share awards they receive or only share achi their achievements. And that's okay, it's important that we celebrate them. But as someone you know at university or early in your career or maybe at any point of your journey, there's always gonna be people who are doing these amazing things and it can really cause you to almost belittle yourself and be like, and, and your achievements and be like, okay, they're so much better than me. They're so much more accomplished than me. They're, they're doing so many cooler things than me. And yeah, it really, yeah, then you really start looking down on your own work, on your own achievements. And it's really that important to realize that everyone, again, is running their own race. So you shouldn't be comparing yourself to others because, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. So um, I definitely went through that period where um, I was getting rejected from jobs and I saw all these people getting jobs and I was like, what do they have that I don't, you know? It's like that really toxic mindset of comparing yourself to others. So what I stopped doing was that. And what I started doing was really just focusing on myself and what I can control, which was my own content and what I'm posting on the platform and just trying to stay consistent with it. And now I've gone to the point where I post on average five times a week. So on most weekdays, I end up posting something, whether it's um, something I'm doing at Hex or something I'm doing at Stint or something unrelated to either or uh, and just myself personally, I'm really, yeah, just trying to stay consistent with this personal branding thing because I know it's gonna be helpful in the long run, regardless of what happens with Hex or with Stint, that's something that I get to keep with me for the rest of my life and take with me wherever I go in terms of my career or my founder entrepreneurial journey. I seriously resonate with that so much. Like whenever you go on LinkedIn, you're like, X, like founder of XYZ just raised like X amount of money for blah, 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 blah. And it's, yeah, it's, it can be very belittling. Um, but I guess it's so important to like, come back to like, what can you bring and to focus on your own journey as well. Um, so I can definitely, I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with that as well. Um, on the topic of personal branding as well, for yourself, what does it mean to create a personal brand? And how would you define the one that you've built for yourself? That's, a, that's definitely a tough question. I think for me, personal branding is... It's what you want to be seen as and what you want other people to talk about you. So for me, um, I want to tell a story where I am passionate about social impact and entrepreneurship. So for me, that I want that to show through my work, but also through my content as well. So trying to be really purposeful in the organizations that I join and the work that I do outside of my full-time job as well. So, f so Hex and Stint was really, you know, a, a match made in heaven because at Hex, I get to impact the lives of the of thousands or, you know, a lot of young entrepreneurs or people who are startup curious or people who want to change the world, whether these are university students, MBA students, um, early career, career transitioners. We get to impact all of those sorts of people at Hex and help them in their journey and help them build the world that they want to live in. And then at Stint, on the flip side, I get to support thousands of international students, build careers here in Australia, 
and have a more equitable job landscape so that have a, they have a fair chance at a future working here. And for me, I get a lot of fulfillment out of both my full-time job and my startup. And I really want that to show through my content and my personal brand. So that's something that I, re I really want to emphasize through you know platforms such as LinkedIn or on this podcast and these sort of personal branding opportunities. Definitely see how like social impact, um, how, yeah, social impact and everything that you've kind of just mentioned about what you're trying to build and how you want other people to see and like perceive who you are. Um, and even just like your values as well. I feel like that definitely does seep in, seep through your LinkedIn. I'm sure for a lot of people, it's like a, um, like a good guide or a good example of like following someone who like to see what you could be building for yourself on LinkedIn as well. Um, I guess then for anyone who is trying to build their own personal brand, what is the first three things that you would recommend doing? I think it's important to connect with more people. So put yourself out there, whether it's attending networking events, joining university societies, or just reaching out to people who are working in the field or industry that you want to work in. It's really important to build that um, those connections up just because when you post your content, LinkedIn's going to first push it out to your connections or followers first before then deciding whether they want to push it out to more people in the broader sort of LinkedIn platform. So it's really important to have a lot of connections and followers um, if possible. So like I mentioned, there's a lot, a lot of ways that you can connect with more people. Secondly, it's about really deciding what kind of person you want to be and what kind of person you want people to perceive you as, like you mentioned. So what are your values? Um, what are you passionate about? What's your purpose in life? What do you want to achieve in the long run? So it's important to get that nailed down. And from then, you can then create content pillars or curate your content based on those sort of things so that you make sure that your content is a reflection of who you are as a person and that that way when say a interviewer is viewing your LinkedIn profile for an interview they can look at your profile in about 30 seconds really understand what drives you and what motivates you and how that's going to relate to them as an organization and the reason they should hire you and then thirdly staying consistent um, as part of personal branding you it's you, you have so many opportunities to share with the world sort of stuff you're doing, whether it's attending an event, whether it's going for a walk in the morning and reflecting on some of the challenges that you've recently been facing. And it's, you know, there's, a, there's so many things that you can talk about which can add value to other people. I talked before about the importance of different perspectives and, uh, and understanding other people's journeys. And a lot of the time people on LinkedIn do recognize that. So if your content is informative, insightful, candid, personal, all those sort of things, and you stay consistent with it, you're going to be able to build a personal brand. I, I never thought I'd get to the point where I would have a lot of followers or I'd have a lot of connections or I'd have people saying like, oh yeah, I've seen you on LinkedIn. I never thought that was possible, say like a year ago. But what I've done is I've stayed really consistent. And even though, you know, I'm like, oh, what do I write, write on LinkedIn? Like I've, I've achieved nothing this week. I'm like, okay, no, I did do thing th things this week. What are some things I can talk about? And so for my, my process when it comes to posting on LinkedIn isn't very glamorous. I literally lie in bed after an hour of scrolling on TikTok in the dark at 11 p.m. I'm like, oh, I have to go to sleep soon. I better write my LinkedIn post. <laughs> and I just sit there just typing on my phone 
I'm just typing my LinkedIn post, going through my camera roll, finding a picture that suits it. And that's like literally it. So it doesn't need to be something where you have a whole like notion where you're like, okay, these are my content pillars. Like this is my posting schedule. Like it doesn't need to be so structured. For me, it's not. Maybe for some other people it is, but what I want to, what I'm, what the point I'm trying to get at is, it's not a difficult process. It's not something that you have to know a lot about or you have to be super prepared for, um, because I think LinkedIn, what, what, where I want it to go and where I want my content to go, is to be really authentic. I, I don't really want to give off, or just I don't want to just talk about all the good things that I do, all the good things that happen to me. I also want to recognize that as part of my journey, there has been a lot of challenges. There has been a lot of times I failed or messed up or made mistakes. And I want that to be an equal part of my personal branding story as the, you know, the good stuff. Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool to hear. Um, and to see that to kind of create what you have created so far, it's not actually that complicated itself. Um, and sometimes the biggest barrier is really just your, like, you like yourself being in your own head um well I guess everything that you mentioned so far with the personal brand that you have created I feel like what you mentioned about needing to understand what your personal values are um who is the person that you want to become that requires a lot of self-awareness um I mean how did you kind of like start to think about all of this um and yeah, like, cause being able to understand who you are and actually being self-aware can be quite a difficult thing um, for a lot of, for, for people in general, for a lot of different reasons. And so for yourself, has that been a difficult process? I think f when it comes to trying to understand yourself, it's gonna be a journey of experimentation and trying a lot of different things. So for me, that's why I, you know, even though I was passionate about startups, so I still gave um, the corporate world a go as well, just because I would never know if that was for me if I never tried it right. So um, I, I needed to make sure that I considered all options and s and truly see whether it this was the best one for me. Because the reality is you have so many choices, you have so many different pathways that you can potentially go down and you'll never know whether the one you're going down is the right one or not. So that's why to the best of your ability, you should try expose yourself to different opportunities or different people, um, just because that that way you can truly see whether something is suited for you, whether it fulfills you, whether it aligns with your personal values. And but I, I think everything does come back to your upbringing and your parents. I think they play such an important part in defining who you are as a person and your own values. And a lot of the things that my my, a lot of the values that my parent ha my parents had and you know were reflected in the way they brought me up they raised they raised myself and my, my siblings and then I've, I've really taken them on as I've grown up and really kept those close to my heart so I think they play such an important part and obviously your friends as well I think who you surround yourself with is such an such a good indicator of you as a person so you can sometimes look to your friends and be like okay what values do they have? Because a lot of the time you, you're friends with them for a reason. So whether they share similar values or similar interests or similar passions or purposes in life, they, they are still a reflection of you and you are a reflection of them. So I think all, through all the, all, all the trials and tribulations of, of life so far has 
brought me to the point where I understand my values relatively well. I'm sure it'll still change over time as I get older, but currently I feel like I, I am aware of, you know, a large majority of what my personal values are and who I am as a person. That's so cool to hear. Um, and I guess that's so true to, you know, you know that saying, you are the product of your environment. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely how your relationships and your upbringing and your friends and your family, how they all play an impact in who you become and I guess who you want to define yourself as as well. Um, well, then I guess, how where do you see yourself in 10 years' time? Then do you ever see yourself ever deviating away from the startup community, startup world? That's an incredibly difficult question because 10 years is a long time. 10 years ago, I was 11 years old. <laughs> so okay. I, it, <laughs> Maybe I will reduce it to five years' five? time. <laughs> I think I, I definitely still want to be working on Hex and Stint. I think for, I think I, I don't really want to build surface level relationships when it comes to my career or my startup. And I understand that these relationships take time to really nurture and build into something that's truly meaningful. So despite, you know, I think, I think the stats like people go through what, seven or eight career changes in their life. I really hope to keep that at a low number just because I, I want to I wanna choose organizations that really do align with me as a person and really align with where I want to go in the future. And I feel like they're, they're a vehicle that can, you know, t take me to, to where I want to grow as a person as well. So I, I, I chose Hex for a reason because it's something that I wish I had when I was still at university, being able to pursue entrepreneurship without choosing it over my studies. Despite, that's, that's something I 100% did. University was my side hustle and, you know, my startup and, and university clubs was, was my main hustle. But I don't want other students to have to go through that choice. And at Hex, what, we're, what we've been able to do is innovate within higher and tertiary education. And because of that, we've been able to embed our, our um, capability building programs and courses into high schools, into universities, and we hope to build it into you know companies as part of like an L and D as part of their L and D program. So there's so many opportunities where we are able to bring all the knowledge that we have gained from you know over 5,000 alumni and running numerous programs around the world in places like Silicon Valley, Tel Aviv, um, Singapore, and you know share that knowledge and share 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 the capability building material that we've we've created with the rest of the world so that they really have the agency to take action and become change makers or become innovators, entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, whatever they wanna be. And I find that vision really exciting and I feel like it really does align with me just because I'm super passionate about entrepreneurship as I've mentioned throughout this entire podcast. And I really want to share how, you know, you can take entrepreneurship these mindsets, skill sets, and tool sets when it comes to you know entrepreneurship innovation, and apply that to so many th different things in life. No matter what you want to do, and um, we've only we're, we're only just the start of our journey. So I really do want to ride this wave with Hex, ride this roller coaster, and see where it takes me. So I think in five years, I definitely still see myself working there. And with Stint, it's it's an even more unpredictable one to be honest. When we started it, you know, just over a year ago now. We never even thought we'd get to the point where I'd even consider myself a founder or even, you know, 
even even receive you know funding which we've received which is which is awesome so um yeah i think in the five in, in five years time who knows where sync could be didn't expect to be where we are so i don't even i can't even say where we're going to be in five years time we could be gone we could be acquired we could still be going who who, who knows but what i want to remain consistent in my career is doing things that align with my purpose that fulfill me um i the thing that i will never do is i will never do a job just for the money or just because of prestige or just because it has a cool sounding title i i think that's something that i'll never do so i still want my work to to be part to be consistent with the rest of my story so far which has been social impact and entrepreneurship and wherever that may be that's where i'll probably what that's what i'll probably be doing no thank you so much for sharing that um i can definitely see how your passion for social impact for entrepreneurship for empowering other people um within the startup community especially young maybe younger and more um like younger founders or student founders um how that really like seeps through everything that you do and i guess your personal brand that you've talked about before as well um i kind of want to wrap up with some rapid fire questions for you um just to kind of get to know you a bit outside of like startups entrepreneurship um that aspect i've got three questions here for you my first one is what's your favorite book i would say the happiest refugee by arne doe he's an australian um former refugee and his story is super inspiring because my 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 dad my own dad was actually a refugee so to hear um the story of someone else go through those trials and tribulations and how he, he overcame them to become a really successful um comedian and artist was really inspiring and really it, it helps ground me wow that's awesome i'll have to definitely check out um that book out second one is how would your your closest friend describe you in three words i would say talkative <laughs> work obsessed and i i would say he 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 thinks i uh, i'm trying to be funny i don't know if he always agrees with that or not but i i would consider myself relatively funny but uh i don't think he completely agrees with that statement <laughs> um and my last question with you is if you could share one message with the world what would that be about the world that's a that's a lot of people <laughs> no, i i think um i would say it's really important to just get started i feel like there's so many mental barriers there's so many there's no such thing as a perfect time and this you can give yourself so many excuses not to try something or not to do something and if i were to succumb to those i would not be where i am today i wouldn't have stints i wouldn't be working at hex and i wouldn't be the person i am so it's really important to really just try and experiment the reality is a lot of people don't fully understand what they want in life or where they want to work or what they want to study and it's important to recognize that that's okay um i still like you mentioned i'm still not completely sure where i'm going to end up in 5 years i was i was never completely 100% sure this is where i wanted to be but through experimentation through exposure i was able to understand and sort of deduce that this is this is what i think would make me the happiest so I think those are definitely some important considerations. Um but the last one would be just to recognize that all these 
for any mistakes or any failures that that you that you that you go through is, is part of your journey so if i didn't have all these challenges or if i didn't have all these mistakes um i wouldn't be where i am today and i really do think um everything that went wrong kind of happened for a reason because i was able to learn from them and grow th grow from them as a person and that has really helped me develop you know traits like resilience um so i think it's really just to recognize that you know sometimes these mistakes and failures are just learning opportunities and that maybe it's not the right time now for you to achieve that sort of thing but in the future get that same opportunity you're going to be more prepared for it now definitely i think that's a very important message to be sharing with the world and something that i feel like so it's very easy to forget about um but it's always good to have a reminder um to yeah to kind of follow that follow that pathway well thank you so much nathan it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on and for everyone b1 bites i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and to tune in to our next one